Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nugget. Food for thought and for the imagination. Yesterday we left off. We were reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, where Isaiah, uh, roughly about 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, before he uh, went to the cross, Isaiah saw him. So he wrote about him as it was revealed unto him and everything concerning him and the price that he was going to pay the exchange. Now, when we get to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross... For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Now just stop and think about that statement a little bit. Of all the instruments of execution that could be used, of all the means and ways of uh, punishing a person and putting them to death, which in modern times, uh, it would include anything from uh, basically the uh, electric chair, lethal injection, uh, death by firing squad, uh, even hanging. All of these things are just means of putting the body to death. But the cross was extremely different. The cross applied a torture to the human body that was absolutely cruel. The cross maximized every possible element to bring out the most extreme pain and agony and suffering, causing the individual to linger on and on and on. Uh, It included everything from uh, positioning the person to Uh, in such a way where the sun would be directly at their face so that their eyes uh, sometimes uh, uh, basically already dried out because of the uh, agony that they have gone through of of, uh, being whipped and punished and in the case of Jesus being beaten and, and all of these things, having the crown of thorns put upon his head, the body would dehydrate. Uh, Therefore, it would feel like you would have sand in your eyes and not being able to close your eyes. And even if you did, uh, it would be so painful. Uh, the, The way that the body was positioned, you would have to use your legs to be able to push yourself up to breathe. And then having your feet, having... Uh, the nails driven through it, and the hands, whether they were stretched out uh, straight up, like on a pole, or stretched out on the form of a of a T of a cross, uh, you're you're having to pull yourself. So every nerve ending, every part of the body is just absolutely in agony. And then to finish it off, towards the end. They would break the legs of the individual so he could literally no longer push himself up and breathe. 
So as I said, there's a, a whole lot that could be said as to the 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 use of the cross and the means of executing someone and putting them to death. But yet, God chose the cross. He chose the time and the season and the people, the empire of when Jesus would be born, when he would come. And it was going to be the preaching of the cross because when you stop and think about what the cross meant in the form of punishment and cruelty, it goes to show how much sin is despised in the eyes of God and how Jesus, our substitute, when he hung on that cross, literally, we were hanging with him so that the judgment that he went through, the punishment that he went through, the crucifixion and all that it represents and means was because of us. And because of that, it is the cross that is preached. It's the cross that is applied now to every facet of our life, whether it's our spirit, our soul, whether it's the old cardinal nature, whether it's on a daily basis taking up our cross, meaning everything, everything on the cross died. It has to die. But once it has died, like Christ, it must be buried. And once it's buried, then it must be raised from the dead or resurrected unto newness of life. So the cross becomes a powerful instrument. The cross itself has no power as far as the actual wood, but it was what it accomplished, what it did, the means that was used to bring salvation to us. So let's look at it again. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Now, Paul goes on in the book of Colossians, and he says in, uh, in, in the book of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, in verse 23, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, it's a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, it's foolishness. Paul goes on to say in Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. In Galatians 1.4, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil uh, world or age, according to the will of God and our Father. So we see from the scripture the importance of the cross and its use to bring salvation to us. Now, God could have used any other means, but remember, Jesus represented the Lamb of God. And as, as a lamb that was offered during the Passover for the atonement of people's sins or for the nation of Israel as the high priest, that lamb had to be slain. The way that it was done, the throat was slit, the blood was taken, 
And of course, on the first Passover, it was applied to the doorpost of the door of the home so that the angel of death would pass over them. But today, it is uh, applied not on a doorpost, but it is applied upon our hearts, upon our lives. Back then, they used a plant known as hyssop to dip the blood and apply it. We must apply the blood to our lives, but the hyssop is not the uh, plant that we're thinking of that we're going to use today, but it's our tongue. It is the confession of faith that we make that applies the blood to every area of our lives. And as we continue to walk in the light, as he is in the light, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness by his precious blood. But we must, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. So when we stop and think about the blood and we stop and think about the cross, the commonality that they have together, you cannot separate one from another. You cannot have salvation apart from the cross. You cannot have salvation apart from the one that was on the cross. You cannot have salvation apart from the, from the, from the uh, applying of the blood and faith in that blood. Faith that it is an accomplished work. And what he did, he did for us. Paul, when he talked about in the book of Galatians, in chapter number 2, in verse 20, it's one of my uh, favorite verses that I like to use, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Now you have to remember, Paul was not one of the disciples that was alive uh, at the time of Jesus. In, in other words, he was not one of the disciples that was with Jesus, like John and Peter and the others, uh, he came in later. The only Christ that he knew was the crucified Christ and the resurrected Christ. He only knew Christ as having been crucified and resurrected, buried and resurrected from the dead. Whereas the others, they knew him in the flesh. They got to know him exactly who he was and what he was. But Paul did not. For Paul, it was very different. So when we stop and think about the statement that Paul has made, that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Now this brings us to a point, and the point is this. If Paul literally is saying, when Christ died, I died. But now I have a new life, but the life that I am living is lived out by someone else in my body, and that is Christ. Christ is living his life out through me and through each and every one of us to accomplish and fulfill in us the purpose and will of God. Now it says, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, or that is to say my physical body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Now, this takes us to the statement that we were looking at yesterday. And I want us to uh, uh, look at it today. Might have more of a chance to cover it. It says in Isaiah 53.10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. We're talking about the crucifixion and everything he went through. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Remember we mentioned Jesus would not marry. Jesus did not have a family. Uh, So all of a sudden it talks about his seed. He shall see his seed. For according to Hebrews chapter 12, um, verse number 2, For the joy that was set before him, he endured even the death and the penalty of the cross. It says, He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Now let's look at this in several translations. The Lord decided his servant would suffer as a sacrifice to take away the sins and the guilt of others. Now the servant will live to see his own descendants. That's you and I. He did everything the Lord had planned. It says another translation, but the Lord was pleased with this humble servant who suffered such pain. Even after giving himself as an offering for sin, he will see his descendants and enjoy a long life. He will succeed in doing what the Lord wanted. A long life, eternal life. Uh, Another translation, the Lord says, It is my will that I should suffer his death was a sacrifice to bring forgiveness. And so he will see his descendants. He will live a long life and through him my purpose will succeed. Another translation says, Though the Lord desired to crush him and make him ill, once restitution is made, he will see descendants and enjoy long life and the Lord's purpose will be accomplished through him. See, we are those descendants. We are born of the seed of the word of God. We are born again and we are being transformed on a daily basis into the very image of Christ, going from glory to glory, from faith to faith walking a life in where he lives out his life through us and in us by his spirit, by the Holy Spirit to accomplish what was cut off in him, in his physical life. He now lives it hundreds and thousands and millions of times through each and every one of his believers. That includes you and I. Well, consider this, if I am the vehicle that he is using right now, in this present age and time, then what does that signify to me? It means simply that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto you and I which are saved, it's the power of God being worked out in each and every one of us on a daily basis to confront and face life, not in fear, but in faith and in the power of God. The Lord richly bless you in Jesus' name.
Amen.